Blog Talk Radio. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. And I am the light within your soul In the essence of truth and right Love makes the circle whole And here we stand in line Waiting for some sacred sign But to find the balance is the purpose of this time to restore the balance of the universal mind And in the presence of my Lord of light and love Everything I see aspiring to be free And when I call to thee And come on bending knee Surrender to the all-pervading light and love Reflections of the one surrounding me with love And I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence Within and without, above and below, yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. Without and within, below and above, yeah, yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. I sense your presence. Of 
Able to find the balance is the purpose of this time To restore the balance of the universal mind And I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence
energy that they carried this incarnation is flowing and vibrates in the world. I've created the Genesis statement, which is available to experience where uh, others have interviewed me. You can find that on my media tab and just uh, go right there on my website. You'll see um, where I've done other interviews or where I am the guest on there uh, and find it there. I've also authored four books, You, Me, Life, Dreams, and its companion workbook, which is all about relationships and batching up and working in that relationship and creating the relationship that you really want to have. And then also activating compassion and its companion workbook. And then I am a collaborator on a fifth book called Embraced by the Divine, The Emerging Woman's Gateway to Power, Passion, and Purpose. I've also created the True North Tour, and that's a multi-state nationwide tour, including workshops, retreats, seminars, book signings, and various events. So watch for some things to be coming up next year in 2017. I'm doing a lot of research on some things and pulling together what can be uh, some really amazing locations for some events. So um, stay tuned for that. They are coming, and they're going to be amazing. They're going to be really incredible. So you can check out, by the way, all of my work through my website, what's going on, videos, the whole works, CompassionCodes.com, C-O-M-P-A-S-S-I-O-N-C-O-D-E-S.com. And I greatly appreciate, by the way, everybody who keeps sharing the shows because it really makes a difference. And you might just be changing the life when you do that. I've had many times I've had people come back and say, You have no idea how much difference this show made, and I'm so glad that my friend shared it, or I'm so glad that you shared it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known about it and uh, literally even had lives uh, saved or changed because of it. So just by clicking that share button, you can transform somebody maybe through the information, the experiences that we go through here, and they can always listen to it in the archives using the same link that you use to get into our live show and listen to it at their convenience. Now, before we get started on everything, those that have listened in before know that I like to delve into a book called The 72 Names of God by Yehuda Burke, who's a great Kabbalah master, and I love his concepts because he knows how to bring them into our everyday lives, and that's what I do a lot of times with my work is bring it into everyday life and living, and so, you know, that's that helps us get it, I think, sometimes a little bit better <laughs> in here, so... Now, the the common name of God that we have this week that we're dealing with from Yehuda is passion. This is really interesting. I, I love passion, by the way. I think, uh, you know, having that passion and that drive for something that you really want to bring into the world is, is an amazing thing. And the message he gives initially on this is to truly ignite the power of prayer, we first need a fire burning in our own hearts. I agree very much so on that. Insight. A story is told of an old man who could neither read nor write. He desperately wanted to offer a prayer of gratitude to the creator from a sacred prayer book, but he was unable to read the words on the page. However, his desire to connect to his creator was great. So he began reticing the, uh, reciting, <laughs> not reticing, but reciting the alphabet. He begged the creator to assemble the letters into their proper sequences to form words of prayers. A strictly religious passerby heard the old man reciting the alphabet, and he laughed at the silliness of the man's prayer. And at that moment, the gates of heaven were forever closed. In fact, angels danced 
with joy as gold full sincere prayer ended to be the world. The old man illuminated heaven with yearning of his heart. Pretty powerful thing, and it's a great reminder to keep going that, that it's that inner passion because the inner passion is a soul trying to reach out and to connect and to be alive in this world. And the meditation he goes on to offer is this name stokes the fires of passion in your heart and in your soul. And these letters give you the power to maintain sincerity, devotion, and correct consciousness in your prayer, your patience, and your hood really important, simple, really Now, common name, as I said, was passion. The formal name is Ayan Mem Mem. Okay, it's Ayan Mem Mem. And that is going to be posted, by the way, a little bit later tonight on my website. If you go into uh, Media, the Code Connection, and you'll see Insights and Messages there, and that's where it's going to be located. So you'll be able to go back and access it at any time during the upcoming week that you'd like to just reconnect with it. Now, a little insight about where we're headed with today's show, because I have a fantastic guest, and I'm so happy she's with me today, because we're, we're doing a little bit of a replay with her work. But let's, let's get to this, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about why I'm so happy she's with me today, and why we have everything going today that we have going in this great alignment. How many times have you thought you were seeing the truth in something, and then found out otherwise? And do you believe that other people's stuff is always your stuff? And how objective are you in your interactions with others? Now, if you're like most people out there, you've been taught to forgive others for the things that they say or and do. And if you are like most people, you've been told that whatever you see in others is also in you. And if you are like most people, you believe that you are a lot more objective than you probably are. This week, I delve into some pieces that keep us locked into our illusions. Forgiveness is one of those interesting pieces that we have been told is part of being compassionate with others. And we are told that forgiving others is the higher road or the godly thing to do. However, it can also lock us into patterns of illusion. Ironically, when we do are doing this, we are not seeing the wholeness of others. That's right. I said not seeing the wholeness of others. To forgive is to see their faults and to dismiss actions as okay. They do not need our forgiveness. If we are truly coming from our whole self, then we see their whole self and can view their choices in an unattached way. And when we do this, there is nothing to forgive. And we realize that forgiveness is not an illusion to satisfy the ego. Now, even I have talked about the cosmic mirror and how other things show us a great deal about ourselves. And that, what is happening from them, is also a part of our lives. And while I believe that to be true on some levels, recent conversations have also expanded on this concept. And it is not fully that. While some, uh, or while there may be something in the interaction for us to get, 
we can only be triggered by the interaction if we have an emotional attachment somewhere. And this comes around to showing that we cannot feel hate or anger or irritation or any other numerous emotions for someone without also feeling love and being invested in them. Ironically, what we don't admit here is that we are actually running on patterns of control that we have disguised as love or caring for someone. Now, if we truly do love or care for someone in the form of unconditional divine love, there is no attachment, and thus we cannot be triggered by their choices and actions. And this can become a great space of empowerment for us as we then stand in a place of action and not reaction, a space of conscious choice and being able to truly observe what is happening for that persona. And we can be fully aware of the experience they are having without being wrapped up in any drama that goes on with it. Now, most of us consider ourselves quite objective. However, we believe this because we lead ourselves to believe that we are accepting of others, yet we still become triggered by them. As long as there is a trigger happening, we have not stepped fully into being objective. Now, if you are saying, I completely accept you for who you are, and then inside you are thinking and feeling, this whole thing really burns me up. You have a trigger going on. And once we're able to uh, have full acceptance without the additional feelings and judgments, then we have become objective. And when we stop feeling invested in something, we have released our attachments to where we can actually see things for what they are and others for who they are being at this time. We can take people moment by moment, encounter by encounter, and not hold them to what they were the last time we were with them, realizing that they could change at any time. It is my experience that standing in this unattached, truly objective, divine love space, that I can see truly what things are and how they are. And I can love anyways and hold the most amount of own self free to flow as I choose. It is here that the codes of forgive will come through. For to forgive is to stand in this space fully in one's own power, unattached, objective, divinely loving. In doing this, I not only empower myself, but empower others in full acceptance of love of the space they are standing in. So it is not forgiveness that we really want to give others or have, but to embrace the codes to forgive. And thus, let them be whole and see that wholeness, regardless of what our eyes try to attach us to. So this is a little piece, because our guest, she's phenomenal. <laughs> and she's going to get deeper into this. If you think this is, is a good starting point, also goes up on media tab under the connection and insights, messages. So we um, can go back. Shortly after this show, but the end being open to what they have for you. You're the one to time others may support you. Your eyes shine with kindness. 
your heart like the bedroom. Your grace fills the sky. You are the chosen one. So bright, just like the sun. You are so blessed. Be you are a joy, a joy to me. Your name sings the heavens, and nature hears it too. Imagination whispers, creating life through you. You are the chosen whisper, so bright, just like. The sun, you fill my heart with gladness. You do for joy to me. 
Hello. And we'll see if anybody can hear from this point now. I've tried a reconnection on the show, um, uh, and and I don't know if uh, if what they can do. I've got uh, a back end, so I'm waiting to hear from somebody that's still through our chat area if they can hear anything at this point. So checking in to see if they can, and if they can. Okay, it looks like we have sound at the moment. So let me let me see if I can get <laughs> our guest back on the show. And I'm going to just send her a little message. And I apologize for all that crazy chaotic um, period in there. And uh, let's see if I can get her back back in and back up, and and have her back on the air. So getting her a little message. And uh, hopefully she's going to get this, and she'll call back in here in just a minute. If not, I'll see if I can get her her in. In the meantime, this is, uh, man, what a crazy day this is, huh? <laughs> Nothing like a little excitement for the show. That's, that's the thing, right? Nothing like a little excitement. And for those that are just kind of tuning in, we've had a little technical difficulties, and I'm back into the system right now. So we're going to do what we can to get our guest back on the show. I've sent her a little message. Let's see if we can get her popped back up in here for the time being. In the meantime, what we're doing is we're talking about, uh, we are talking about uh, forgiveness today (laughs) and why we don't need to forgive and why we need to let some of those aspects go. And if you missed the earlier part of the show, what you can do is, is jump in and catch that. Um, piece from the earlier part of the show because it's it's really really cool what it is and I'm trying to find also like I said a number here where I can um, connect in with my guest and I see somebody's come into the switchboard but it doesn't appear to be my guest so still checking around here a little bit hopefully she's going to get my message and come in today's guest by the way dr linda gadbois absolutely incredible person and uh, she's a visionary artist founder of creative transformations which is dedicated to providing people with higher education and strategic intervention that meets and exceeds the highest standards and most modern technologies in the areas of creative mind development psychology personal transformation, professional development, communication, the creative arts, 
Consciousness Studies, and Integrative Medicine. Dr. Gadois has also shared her wisdom in areas such as spiritual sciences, evolutionary relationships, sacred sexuality, health and well-being, divine feminine, creativity, business, conscious dying, life purpose, play workshops, and adventure seminars. And we are looking at her work um, today and the sense of forgiveness. And I'm getting feedback that we have great sound now, so that's a good thing. Uh, By the way, you can look at more of her work, which is creativetransformations.biz, B-I-Z, forward slash index.html. And hoping I can get her back on the line, and I apologize for that. What I am going to do, actually, is I'm going to put a little break song on, and while I play that, um, then what... What we'll do is uh, I'll see if I can get her back on the line and uh, just going to find a little little piece here. I think this one will be appropriate today. Burnt Toast by Bruce Ciccarelli. <laughs> we'll be back in just a minute. Another day in paradise. The sun's shining today Maybe I'll take a walk By the bay Come on, what do you say? Grass is growing, flowers bloom The way it should be Maybe the universe is playing a trick on
by um, Bruce Chikorell, and I just am bringing up a couple of little things. I'm going to put on another song here while I'm reconnecting with um, my guest here and getting her back on the show, and we'll be with that in just a moment. Uh, This uh, particular uh, song here is, what are we going to put up here? I'm going to put up, uh, how about a little first chakra soundscape? (laughs) That sounds good from... uh, Joseph Carringer, wonderful didgeridoo artist. So um, this is that that one there, and uh, we'll have that guest back up for you, and we'll be going here in just a minute. Thanks for your patience, and uh, we'll be with you here shortly.
And welcome back, everybody. I threw a couple of songs in there, and uh, I'm just hoping that my guest is going to be able to get my messages and jump back on with us. And um, it's a little challenging because it's it's all kind of (laughs) one-sided at the moment. And uh, having a little technical difficulties at the beginning of the show, but we are going to turn it around, and um, hopefully she'll be able to call back in to the the switchboard and uh, be able to reconnect with us. And, and I'm just going to hope for the best on that in the meantime, you know, and, and, and I'm hoping she does cause she has the most amazing explanations of things. And um, she has the most amazing aspects that are just incredible and in how she shares her wisdom and her knowledge and all of those incredible pieces there. And, um, you know, she she's just such a powerful person. Again, this is Dr. Linda Gadbois. And uh, I actually had a chance to connect with Linda when I was passing through the Denver area. And I know also she had mentioned there was a hailstorm going on there. And that may not have helped on her end <laughs> today either. But, you know, forgiveness is a really interesting piece because most of us are really programmed to... Um, you know, forgive people. We're really programmed that that's what you have to do, that that's the so-called right thing to, to do, the thing that you need to do, the thing that's important to do. And it's, and and oftentimes, especially when we're raised through religious structures and things like that, that, you know, we're actually not only told that it's the right thing to do, but if you don't do it, that you are a really bad person and that you're, you know, you, you're going to go to a bad place (laughs) and things like that. But when we really get down to looking at forgiveness, what's interesting about it is that we are not looking oftentimes at the whole person. It's, it's a lot of times like people have heard me talk about prayer in the past. And when we're praying, we're oftentimes what we're doing is we're looking at their faults. We're looking at what's not right. We're looking at what's incomplete. We're trying to focus on things being missing in the world and with people. And we do the same thing when we start looking at forgiveness. So when we're, when we're looking at this forgiveness piece, what happens is we're actually seeing them as incomplete. We're seeing them as an unwhole person. We're seeing them as somebody with fault. And if we're, if we're looking at things from that perspective, what happens is that we are not coming from our own divine self. We're not coming from our own soul self because when we come from our soul self space, when we come from that space of wholeness for ourselves, then we will see others as whole. They're not broken. They don't need to be fixed. They don't need to be healed. They don't need to be forgiven uh, because there is nothing to forgive when you're whole and when you're seeing the wholeness. Uh, what happens is sometimes people get disconnected. They get um, separated, if you want to say that, from the divine energy, from the divine space. And so forgiveness really becomes kind of a lie. It becomes an illusion. And it's really when we're doing this, what we're doing is we're dropping a lot of heavy negative energy in somebody's sphere, a lot of uh, really intense energy that then 
feeds whatever challenges that they have going on uh, in their life. Now, Linda and I had sat down and we had been talking. We got together. We were doing some talking when I was there and we connected in her area. And and we were talking about these very things. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you've got to you've got to share this information <laughs> that's on there. But a, a big piece that she was talking about with forgiveness is because when, when I look at this piece, it, it is that piece that, yes, we want to have compassion. We want to be caring about somebody. But here again, we're, we're not wanting to focus on those fault pieces. We're not wanting to focus on that aspect. And so when, when we look at forgiveness, forgiveness really in the codes of things has to do with, well, one, revolutionary energy, if we're looking at all of the aspects of forgiveness. Um, and, and that actually is all about disruption. You know, what we're focusing on is the disruption that's going on. Uh, forgiveness opens that door and it says, okay, we're just going to deal with the chaos. We're not going to look at the divine self. And that can be really challenging. Uh, usually, too, when we're in that space, we also have a rebel energy pattern that's going on. We also have an energy pattern that's happening that is in a very reactive space that's going on, uh, that's happening for there. And the piece that we miss is that in that space, we're also dealing a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot with our ego. And the ego self is saying, look at me, I'm so great, I'm going to forgive you. You know, as if, and, and that brings in a whole component of judgment. It brings in a whole component of saying, you are less than I, and therefore you need my forgiveness in order to go on, because I know more, I am more, blah, 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 type of thing. So when we do this, we're actually stepping in and feeding the exalted space of the ego that is just feeling like it's better than. And so when we place ourselves in that position, it wraps back around to where we're not standing in our whole self doing that. So to step into that space doesn't serve us and it doesn't serve other people. All it does is create greater strife and feed the patterns that are happening. You know, it feeds the patterns that are going on as far as the attachments and and where we are connecting emotionally with that person. So even when we have an irritation going on, even when we have a challenge going on in our lives, um, there's still a wholeness there. You know, there's an attachment, I should say, that's going on there. Uh, we have an emotional investment, even when we're frustrated with somebody or a situation um, in there. Now, if we look at the aspect of forgive versus forgiveness, and we bring in another component, again, it talks about through the realm of codes that it is about command and power and showing off one's intellect in this case. Um, you know, it's an attempt to try to bring in harvest. It's an attempt to work through one's own agendas. Now, that's a twist for you in forgiveness. Think about that for a minute, that it's not just about 
putting forth, okay, uh, you know, hey, I'm going to be nice and forgive you and dismiss this sort of thing. It is actually an energy pattern about carrying out our own ego's agendas, which comes back around to control. And it comes back around to, I'm going to control this situation through forgiving. So these are some really big things for us to think about because we oftentimes don't look at forgiveness in these terms, in this aspect of things. Um, and, and that can be challenging for people in that. Now, you know, the attachments that happen and oftentimes where people lead up to this whole forgiveness piece is because they in some way have gotten attached to the outcome. They somewhere have some sort of feeling or caring that is going on for the person that they are being triggered by um, or that they're having this interaction with. So how many times in family, right? Family is a great example because we often get triggered through family or through people that are close. And, and this is oftentimes because something they're not being the way that we want them to be, right? They're being themselves. They're being who they are at a given time. And because we care about them, as much as they frustrate us, we may still care about them. You know, you can not like somebody's choices and how they behave and all of these things, but you may still care about them. And, and that's where some of the compassion pieces come in because with the compassion aspects, we learn that yes, indeed we can care about somebody. We can give them love. We can be in that space, even if we don't like all the choices. And I talk about that a lot in my book, Activating Compassion. It's one of the big, big things that I talk about. Um, we don't have to agree with somebody. So when we're willing to step back and release the attachment and love from the divine self, from the divine space, now what we can do is see all the beauty and all the, the cool stuff about this person, even when they're still irritating us. So to say, well, I shouldn't say even when they're still irritating us, because once we're once we've released the attachment, then we no longer we no longer uh, will have that aspect of um, we'll no longer have that aspect of getting a reaction. We'll no longer have those triggers going off. That we won't be in that space where it's bothering us. Um, it doesn't mean that they're going to change, but we stop trying to change the other people. We stop trying to, to change the situation. And the beauty of this is it brings us into the space of acceptance. Um, you know, it's, it puts us in our whole self, and then it gives the other person the opportunity to step into their whole self in the situation. Now, they may or may not choose to do that. They may or may not want to do that, and that's okay. You know, that, that happens sometimes. Um, and, you know, as a, as a result of that, um, you know, they, they can go through this whole aspect of now they are 
having responsibility responsible for their own peace and the key is is when we step out of it, we step out of their drama. So when somebody's in that drama space, it's not always about us. It's about simply that's where they are in their life. That's simply the existence that they're choosing to live under. Whether that's conscious to them or not, it is what they're choosing at this point in time. So when we step back and we just allow them to be them, most of the time it's kind of like getting out of the way of something. You know, you step back and you allow things to flow. You allow things to happen. You fear it. You know, you stop trying to fix it, so to say. Um, Because when we're getting those triggers, we believe something has to be fixed or changed in that person, and it doesn't. It absolutely does not have to be changed. So the interesting thing with attachment that we find when we start to look at codes is it, again, wraps us back into this power space. It wraps us back into trying to command things, trying to take charge of things, trying to prove that we are smarter than, right? Smarter than others, better than others. And that's where that ego so, in such a crafty way, sneaks right in there (laughs) and gets right in and tries to make us believe that we're being a good person through this forgiveness piece that we have going on there. Now, when we detach, what we're doing is we're allowing ourselves to be in the world, but not of it. We step into a whole different code pattern, and that allows us to be our soul self. You know, now the key is, is we have to acknowledge reality is still reality. You know, not everybody knows what we know. We all know different pieces. We all have different components that are going on. And as a result of that, No one is really better or worse than anybody else. We're just doing different pieces and doing different things. And that's, you know, that's not always always easy when people are developing themselves, when they're growing themselves, when they're um, finding some spiritual growth going on. And it's very easy for that ego to get out of hand and to think, well, that person is less than, that person just isn't as evolved. Well, that's not really true. You know, they're, they're really just as evolved, but they're existing on a different vibration than what we choose to exist on. Again, no, no right or wrong. Are you going to say that the night is wrong because it doesn't shine the sun? No, of course not. Is the, is the day wrong because it doesn't show us a moon? No. It's it's not. They just operate in different spaces with different functions and different purposes and and different things that they're here to do for us. So people are the same way. You know, they're the very they're the very same way. So when those triggers come up, you know, again, when those triggers come up, what we want to look at is go, Wow, I'm getting a trigger in this. That means I've still got an attachment here. So that means a couple of things. I must still have love for this person. I must still have caring for them in some way. Otherwise, I wouldn't be getting this reaction. I wouldn't be getting this attachment. I wouldn't be getting this trigger happening. So if I have love for them, (laughs) right, 
then I can't hate them because I can't hate and love simultaneously. And and if I've got that love and I've got that attachment, I have to stop and step back and say, if I truly love this person, then I need to let them be who they are. I need to let the situation be who they are and what it is and, and appreciate that instead of me passing all of my own judgments onto them. So you can see it kind of can roll into this vicious circle. So the, the key is, is to step back and just observe, really observe a little bit more and, and look at yourself and say, you know, why does this bother me? I need to focus on me and my part of this <laughs> and let them be who they are. And, and the tough part is, is because we oftentimes do care. We're not getting our way. Somebody is doing whatever they're doing in, in life. And through that attachment and through that caring that is not uh, coming from a, a totally pure divine soul self space, so to say, um, what's happening is we, that then leads us into getting caught up into their drama. It leads us into getting wrapped into all of their stories and what's going on. And then before you know it, your head is spinning all over the place and it's like, oh, oy, you know, I'm hurting. <laughs> and, you know, it really opens some pretty crazy doors in there uh, with things. So now what's interesting is all of those aspects then lead us into a space of acceptance. And we would think, right, that acceptance automatically, automatically would put us into this totally loving divine space. Well, what acceptance does, really, if we look at it from the aspects of codes, is that acceptance shows us where we're really uncertain about things. It shows us maybe where we're deceiving ourselves and maybe even where we are deceiving other people as much as where we feel like we have been deceived. So what this does is it gives us the opportunity to deal with the uncertainty, to deal with the aspect of allowing somebody to be themselves. Because when we do that, what happens and what creates a lot of the triggers for us is that there is an aspect of feeling we're in danger. Now, isn't that an interesting twist? We actually feel like we are in danger if we allow them to be them. So getting to acceptance, what we can do is we can start to ease some of that sense. We can realize, okay, this is an unpredictable piece in my life if I'm going to keep it in my life. And these are people that are full of drama or this situation is full of drama. But when I accept that, then I now know that I am living a little bit on this edge and I can then start to take some measures and some precautions and make my choices of how do I want to be in this? How do I want to be in this? And I've learned definitely through time in Sioux Falls and through other experiences that I need to be in my space. I need to choose to be happy anyways. I need to redirect my attention and I need to allow myself to not be affected by other people because when I am affected, there's attachments there. There's 
something there that I probably need to take a look at and think, no, it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with me. It's just something for me to pay attention to, to not be deceiving my own self. So acceptance is that process of breaking through the deception of things that are going on, uh, breaking through the deception in the situation or, or otherwise known as the illusion that we've been living under, right? Maybe we've been living in an, under illusion that, you know, we could change that person. <laughs> and, and we, again, we'd only want to do that if we were not seeing them as their whole self. And so this is, this is a big thing, you know, a big thing. And a lot of times it's just about, again, the forgiveness piece is about making us feel better about ourselves. Like, I feel better if I forgive you. I feel better, you know, in the sense, again, it's feeding the ego in there um, with it. So a big thing. Now, when we look at the aspect of what illusions are, and I'm going to take a look at that here with my codes and what the codes show for that particular uh, piece and what we've got going on here and what we're finding. Let's see what we're finding here with that. What we are finding when we're dealing with illusions is that's really about power. Again, that's about who are we trying to command, you know, um, and are we listening to other people's opinions about us? And that's a big trigger when we talk about forgiveness, when we talk about getting triggered by other people is oftentimes what triggers us is because somewhere we have listened to their advice, their input, and that has wrecked havoc in our lives in some way. Uh, we've listened to their advice, or they've made some choices that, you know, may not have been the best choices for the situation, and that interfered and created an imposition on our life because then maybe we had to stop doing something and go take care of the situation with them. Now, when we look at the aspect of acceptance and illusions together, uh, now we're bringing in a whole another dynamic. And here's the tricky piece with it is it brings in a whole lot of unpredictable energy that goes on. Okay. It brings in really this, this whole thing that can defeat, create a defeating pattern, if we want to say that, that can create all kinds of strange happenings to start coming up. And that happens a lot of times when we're in these dynamics. We have really strange energy with people. We have a really um, unsettled energy that's there. So when we're not giving or being an acceptance, that energy is is really just going to keep tearing people apart. Now, when we look at what happens when we detach from the illusions of things, what we do is we find that we can bring a closure to the situation. We can let the situation play out 
and it now allows the situation to hit its maximum point and a release point so that we can create a new beginning. That's a really, really powerful space, and that's a really aspect in this dynamic of things. Um, you know, it, it really is an aspect. Now, if some of you are just tuning in, um, I, you know, I'm glad to have you here. Yes, we're supposed to have Dr. Linda Gadbois on the show, and we had some technical difficulties at the beginning of the show. Um, I'm not sure if she wasn't able to get back in. I know she tried a couple of times, and we were still having technical difficulties. I was hoping she was going to be able to get back in the switchboard, but there's a really big storm where she is. They've been having, like, golf-sized hail uh, where she is, and um, she kind of warned me that something might not work out there. So <laughs> um, I'm hoping she's okay. I'm hoping everything's doing okay there, and we're just wishing her the best uh, with what she's dealing with. I'm proceeding with the topic after some of these technical difficulties, and in the archives what we'll do is we'll just kind of get the show brought together in a little better way. <laughs> and uh, you know, when I put it up on YouTube, we'll kind of make some adjustments where we can in there. Um, so we're talking about forgiveness and why we should not be forgiving people today. And, um, you know, some of the situations, it's, it's really interesting because we, we get so in the habit of saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry in things. And when we do this, you know, what we're doing is we're turning over a lot of power. And I bring this up because this is what happens oftentimes when we are seeking forgiveness. This I'm sorry about things is oftentimes used by powerful manipulators who pretend to be the victim in a situation. So they're on these, this different victim control pattern that they're functioning on. Oftentimes, this comes out of an inadequacy or an insecurity that they're feeling within themselves, right? So then they go into this aspect of constantly apologizing, right? I'm so sorry for this. And, 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 and they'll apologize over nothing, you know? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I talked to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry I opened the door. I'm sorry. And, you know, it's important for us to step out of those aspects because when we're in the I'm sorry space, this again is about power. It's, uh, it's about not feeling one's worth and what we're telling ourselves every time we say I'm sorry, whether, you know, even if we're talking to somebody else, what we're really saying is I'm not worthy. I don't value myself. So we're creating a whole realm and round of negative programming for ourselves. What we're literally doing is sitting there going, you can't do anything right. You're not worthy of anything. You're not, you know, and this programming hits very hard. And then we draw in people that are even more, you know, that are very powerful that um, in, in the sense of taking control of things. And we draw in more controlling people into our life, people that are, maybe emotionally or mentally abusive in the situation. Uh, you know, we, we draw in from all these different aspects. So we have to be really, really careful with the sorry piece 
and people that are saying I'm sorry, uh, that's that's like uh, that's like bait to draw you into their drama. <laughs> if you're dealing with somebody who who is doing that a lot, uh, you know now certainly some people they get into it by habit, but it's it's really like bait. It's really like bait to say, oh I'm so sorry because what they're doing is hoping that you will then forgive them, right? So they're playing to your ego of, hey, aren't you intelligent and you're better than I am? Forgive me. And in reality, they're doing this whole manipulation piece <laughs> that's coming back around that, you know, is is not really the victim space because it's all about getting attention. It's all about, you know, feeding their lack of worth uh, or their sense of lack of worth, I should say, not their actual lack of worth um, that's in there. And so it's important when we start to hear these from people that we don't get wrapped up in the response of it. You know, we don't get wrapped up in the whole aspect of things. And and I think maybe some of the... um, if we want to say whole self way of dealing with this is to come back and be willing to have a conversation, but let them just talk things out. You know, um, what are you sorry for? Why do you, you know, why do you feel that that's, that's needed? Why, um, you know, opening these doors to allow them to do their own personal exploration and, uh, you know, opening that door to where they can start to learn to accept themselves. What I've found a lot of times is if I just simply accept people for who they are and I don't play into the whole sorry piece with them, the whole going down that road, uh, oftentimes what happens or usually what will happen is that they will ease up and they will start to be able to be themselves. In things, uh, this you know again, oftentimes has been a way by playing the victim that they can manipulate people, um, that they can get people to do what they want or to be around them, not even necessarily realizing people don't want to usually be around <laughs> the, the big sorry energy, so to say. And so, really, what this is is this sorry piece is a negative way of communicating. And it's a way of carrying out their own purpose in things, their own plans and things. Uh, it is a way of creating drama and living in drama. It literally codes out to a dramatic personality. <laughs> so the person that's doing this is literally a dramatic personality. And I bet if you thought about people who do this, most of them are pretty dramatic. They live in some pretty dramatic spaces along the way. And, you know, here again, that's that's their way of saying, maybe I don't feel like growing. Maybe I don't feel like being in my whole self or connected to my whole self. So how about if you can join me in all my drama? <laughs> right? And it, you have to step back and say, hey, I totally accept you for being that way. You know, that's... You know, you don't even have to express that, but just accept them for being who they are and and just then stay in your own thing and say, but it's kind of like, 
within yourself, you're saying, hey, I accept you for being that way, but I'm not getting involved in your drama. <laughs> I'm not going to let you do that manipulation on me. I'm not going to let you, you know, play this around in this manner. So it's a, you know, it's a really key piece in there. So you got to really be careful because that sorry piece, man, that's a, that's a big old bait that works really good for most people in there. And we want to be really careful that we're not doing that because also what happens is when we start doing this forgiveness piece and we say, Oh, I forgive you for being that way. Oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. You know, um, you don't Oh, Oh, you don't need to say you're sorry for things. You know, and we start going down that road. We, as soon as we start doing that, we have stepped into their drama. And as soon as we do that, what we're doing is we are enabling them to continue in that space. So it automatically puts you in that position that you are supporting them to go down that road. So now, not only are you seeing them not from your soul self and not as their soul self, but you are aiding them to stay in that space. Yeah, exactly. So now you are in that space because you're enabling. You're enabling them to be there. So you've automatically come into their drama with that. And enabling is a is a whole nother piece. We definitely don't want to get wrapped into the enabling piece. We definitely don't want to go down that road because when we look at those things from our soul path, when we enable that energy, you know, here again, we've been programmed that we're being good to people, that this is the thing to do, and it's not because what it does is it it sucks us in and then our energy is going towards supporting that. Our energy is being focused on that. And when it focuses on that, guess what we're going to draw into our life? Guess what space we're going to pull ourselves into? We're going to pull ourselves into a drama space. We're going to pull in things that are negative and heavy and draining on us because it's a very, very draining. It takes a huge amount of effort and energy to be in these self-pitying spaces, to be in these spaces that are lacking the self-worth that, uh, and that sense of things. So when we are, are doing that, the whole aspect of enabling, when we look at it in relation to codes, is our choice to enable or not to enable comes down to learn lessons. And people do not learn their lessons that they need to learn when we're enabling them, okay? So that's a twist as well because we've also oftentimes been taught that we need to support people that are in those spaces. Well, there's a difference between being supportive and enabling them. When we're supportive, we step back, we let them be them, we... um, you know, we help illuminate when asked, you know, we don't just start telling them everything that, that we foresee as not being right. But when they're ready to grow, what we do is we 
are, you know, emotionally supportive or verbally supportive of the growth out of those spaces. When we are enabling them, what we're doing is we're actually locking them into that low self-worth, that lack of confidence, that uh, victim perpetrator space in there. So that's, that's where it wraps back around to say that oftentimes when we go into these, these aspects of trying to forgive people and to, you know, get to the acceptance and to deal with these illusions is that we're oftentimes interfering. We're actually creating more interference and then we're creating more blocks to their growth. So the more we step in and try to interfere with something, the longer it takes to get there. So if you truly care about this person and you want them to get out of that space, you've got to stop interfering. You have to step back. You know, it's like somebody will not do for themselves as long as they can get other people to do it for them. But if everybody stops doing for them, (laughs) then eventually they're going to do it themselves. It's not usually that they can't. I mean, granted, some people have some physical, true physical limitation, and they can't, uh, you know, they they just can't uh, do something for themselves, right? If somebody has no legs, they can't necessarily walk unless they've been given something to to walk with, these types of things. But that's a different different situation. You know, what we're talking about is people who are completely capable. You know, they're just not doing those things. Um, and, and I think most people do find those dynamics within families. You know, there's uh, there's all those different components in the family, right? There's the enabler and there's the victim and there's the, you know, the controller and there's the, the, the light worker that just wants to stay out of it, but they're always trying to get everybody to, to come together and things. Um, so it is very important uh, in those situations. And I've seen that a lot of times and, you know, it's it's sometimes sadly taken, you know, for example, parents. Parents are very much like this. They'll oftentimes enable their children, and it will sadly oftentimes take the death of a parent before that child will step up and take care of themselves, before they'll start doing for themselves um, and, and making those necessary changes. So uh, when we go down those, those aspects, again, it's really about helping them to to learn those um, those lessons that are so valuable and so important. And again, if we look at it and we say, if I'm coming from my soul self and I truly genuinely love people and I'm unattached to their existence, then I want the best for them. I want them to break through their patterns. I want them to make the accomplishments that they're trying to make in life. I want to see them live in this happiness and this joy. I want them to have the self-esteem. So if I'm truly coming from that space, I will not step into that enabling role. If I truly am unattached and coming to that person with whole and divine love, I will not go down that path. I will not play into their sorry bait. I will not forgive them and I will not enable them. So 
these are pieces that, uh, man, we have not thought about a lot of these things because everything in society has told us differently. Everything in society has done it. But again, when we do that forgiveness piece, what we're doing is we're locking them into the revolutionary energy codes. We're locking them into their drama. We're locking them into this negative spiral. And whole self doesn't do that to another being. Whole self doesn't choose that path. So there again, we have to come back and we have to look, really, what is the space we're coming from? What is our aspect in there? So when we're looking in this, while there can definitely always be a piece in the reflection, okay, that's, there is a law of reflection and there's, there's oftentimes something there that does translate and we need to find that piece. But when we look at and focus on that negative piece, we're also, again, not looking at our whole self. We're not looking or standing in our whole self. So we want to be very careful about that reflection piece to simply take a look at it and say, hmm, is there anything that I'm doing in my life that could be a parallel? Certainly not the same thing, you know, because they're very dramatic and I'm not, (laughs) you know, they're dwelling on these things and that's not what I choose to be in. So we really want to be careful about some of that reflection piece and but ask ourselves, you know, is there some aspect that I'm holding in my life that is like that? Or, you know, am I being that somewhere else or with myself? But let it go and just say, hey, this is, we're going to let this go because I'm not going to live in that illusion. I'm not going to live in that illusion that I am less than my whole self because I'm not. So oftentimes we can feel very obligated to be in that illusion. Family is a a big example of that, right? And we feel like I have responsibilities. I have some obligations and things. Um, Some of this actually came up recently for me because I um, have been helping family over the last couple of months. And I had a lot of people around me go, I have no idea why you would go and do that. (laughs) I have no idea why you would put as much on the line to go and do this. And there were a lot of people that were very, very concerned about me that I was maybe enabling certain things or, um, or feeding into various patterns or things like that. And, um, you know, these were some aspects where, um, you know, sometimes I, I even heard, I think, a couple of sorries in there. Sorry, sorry about this. Sorry about that. And um, and I would just come back and just say, oh, it's no problem for me. Not playing into that sorry at all. Um, you know, I, I chose to do this. I chose to be conscious about this process. And I chose to operate this way. And a lot of people will say, well, aren't you enabling them on calling on you and pulling you in this direction and this and that? And the reality of it was standing from a detached situation, 
what I looked at and said, what does this situation really need? What is important in this situation? And granted, there are plenty of times we don't say no to family, and we need to say no to family. There are plenty of times that we give and make family the exception, and we would never, ever take that same action with anybody else because we have had so much guilt placed on us and so much pushed on us that it's your responsibility. And again, if we come back and we say, you know what, that's a manipulation piece. And I'm not going to be manipulated. Now, I will come and choose to do this. However, there are going to be times I'm going to say no. And, and for me, I had to look at it and say, what did this situation need? And as a whole self, what is my piece here? What is my piece that I can live with for myself? I completely stepped back and said, This isn't about this person or this happening or this dynamic. That's their dynamic that they're they're living in. I needed to step back and say, what can I live with? What is important to me? What choice do I choose? So... These are really big things, really powerful things to look at. When we are not coming from this space, you know, again, and we we go down that path and and we're sitting there going, oh, God, how am I getting trapped in this? And they're asking me for something again. And, (laughs) you know, and and all the while we're saying yes and we want to say no and all of these different things. You know, again, we, we have to get clear. You know, are we saying yes only out of guilt? Are we saying yes only to put ourselves into an an exalted space of look at me, I am so magnificent because I'm doing this? You know, where are we coming from with that space? Or are we saying yes because our whole self is deciding this is the best choice for us? And if that is the case, then we need to accept it as our conscious choice to do this and to do it without guilt and accepting it as our choice, not as something we're forced to do, not as something that we're obligated to do. Because when you're living under that space and you're doing things because you feel obligated to do them, as we oftentimes do with families, you are perpetuating the dynamic. But when we come to them from a clear space, and I made it very clear with my family, this is something I chose to do because this is what I felt I could offer. This is what I wanted to see happen. And I made that conscious choice. And as soon as I made that conscious choice, I stopped interfering with everything. As soon as I accepted everything involved in the situation, and there were a lot of pieces involved in it, then I could come back and consciously, without guilt or anything else, be in that space that was so amazing to be in and to have no anger and no remorse and no resentment 
And that's where we're really living. That's where we come alive. And a little piece on the codes here when we look at interfere and we look at at that particular piece, and I'm taking a quick look at that. Um, What we have to do is we have to realize that that is opening doors (coughs) to connections and partnerships and loving energies. And that probably just sounded really contradictory (laughs) to a lot of people. But there's always two sides to the energy patterns. And the aspects in this is that when we do not interfere, we're offering up a loving relationship with people, a whole relationship, whatever capacity that is in. When we do interfere, we're opening other doors that is definitely a relationship, but it's not coming from the full space of love. And when we take this as an action piece in this whole thing, it comes back to another aspect of trying to control. We don't need to control things. We just need to let them be. We just need to let them be and exist as what they are so that they can work through it. I've seen this on my journeys and traveling around during this trip where I've looked at things and man thinks that they are so much better than nature. They've got to get in and interfere with what nature is doing. But that interference is nothing more than a desire to control what happens in nature. And in reality, we can't control it. We might make some adjustments. We might make some influence along the way. But nature, just like anything else, is at its best when we let it be. It takes care of itself. It cycles. It grows. It releases. It comes back. We see this in the seasons, right? gets its leaves, it produces fruit, that fruit's harvested, it starts to drop its leaves, goes into a dormant stage, and it comes back again. It knows how to take care of itself. And the same thing is true of each and every person out there. We all know how to take care of ourselves. It's already there. But people won't go there. They won't allow that to come through if we're constantly interfering. We're constantly saying, you need to do this and you need to do that and you need to do it this way and blah, 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 blah. Is a giant piece. We've got to step back and stop the interference. Observe, watch people, see how they are. You'll learn a lot and you'll realize 
you may not know as much as you think you know about that person. There may be a lot more there. Step back and give them the room to grow. Don't cluster up and claustrophobic on them because you think you have to. Okay? It's a really, really big piece for us to consider. And, um, you know, I, I wish we had had our guest giving her input because, like I said, she has the most amazing explanations. And, you know, we'll see if we can do a reschedule with her uh, at some time a little bit later on and get it in here. I, It's such a fluke because the last time I had her on the show... <laughs> And I started to share this story before is I was traveling and on the road and on tour at the time. And I had run out of every option for broadcasting the show. And I was going to broadcast it out of what I like to refer to as studio Starbucks <laughs> at that time. <clears throat> and my voice is cracking up a little bit here, but the Starbucks that I chose and the Starbucks that was available wasn't staying open late enough for me to do the show. <laughs> so I had to go and broadcast the show from my car, uh, from my vehicle. And I had no way to keep the my computer plugged in to run the, the show the whole time. <laughs> and so we only got like a half hour show. We got a little snippet in there. Um, of course, she was phenomenal in that half hour time period uh, that was there. But, uh, you know, she's such a beautiful, amazing person. And so we will see what we can do to maybe schedule her a little bit later on um, when some of the the weather uh, is settling down in her area and she's not having to worry about big weather concerns. And and when I'm able to, to approach and come through the system in a little bit different way than I did today, and hopefully that will bring all of the pieces together <laughs> in a better way, in a more solid way, and we can get her back. So I'll have to touch base and, and check in with her and, and see if I can make that connection and uh, see what we can do in there. But you know, hopefully you have found this information very useful for you. Hopefully it's been something that's been valuable and given you some different ways of looking at things, some different perspectives on things, um, and, and given you an opportunity to be a little more conscious in the interactions that are triggering you. And when you're ready to that space, you find yourself in the in that process. Next, I will have Michael Edward Bradford on with me, and he will be sharing his energy healing work when he um, where he goes precisely to the point of origin that caused the mind or body to shut down and how he is creating miracle healings. So this is going to be really interesting. Um, you know, this is, this is a very interesting show because uh, oftentimes we try to make these healings or things happen. We try to make these adjustments in our energy field, kind of like to call them adjustments in our energy field more than healing now. Um, because they've gotten out of adjustment, you know, kind of like when you're, you go to the chiropractor and you try to get things back in alignment. It's more like that than actual healing. And um, so he can actually 
have this ability where he goes in and he can find the point where the fell out of adjustment and and cause things to shut down. So it should be really quite interesting. Don't forget that you can get the international bestseller that I'm a collaborator on, Embraced by the Divine, the Emerging Women's Gateway, Power, Passion, and Purpose at EmbracedByTheDivine.com. And you can check out all of my work, by the way, Compassion Codes, monthly video tips, archive shows, interviews that others have done on me, books, upcoming events, all those incredible things at CompassionCodes.com, C-O-M-P-A-S-S-I-O-N-C-O-D-E-S.com. And don't forget that we've got various shows here on Main Street Universe. Tuesdays, we have Susan Weed, who shares her work in herbs and natural plants. Wednesday nights, we have Daniel and Janice on doing our flagship show called Main Street Universe. Um, Janice also comes in and does her own show periodically called Reflections and Rhythms. Jaron Bouquet comes in periodically. He calls in from Madame Laveau in New Orleans and does spiritual insights. So we have all kinds of kind of cool things coming up, and I know there's a lot of people that are going to be popping their head in and out doing periodic shows. So, um, you know, lots of interesting things. You might want to stay tuned for those things. Hey, this is Jesse on Nichols, George, and I'm really glad that you joined me here today and you gave me a chance to bounce back on this show, and I'm sure there will be a lot more people catching it in the archives been caught it live since we had those technical difficulties at the beginning and we'll pull that together and I'm really glad that you joined me here today and thanks to all of our listeners not only on blog talk radio but those that are streaming live on pen known as Parent encounters network stream finder and talk stream live and those that are catching our podcast at itunes and tunein.com and those catching the youtube version of our show don't forget if you've enjoyed the show today do share it with others it's going to be available at the same link in our archives. And I'm going to leave you with that song, Yearning For, also known as Over and Over. It's by Shemshai. Don't forget, you can connect with their work at www.shemshai.com. That's S-H-I-M-S-H-A-I.com. Thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing you again next week right here on The Code Connection. May you enjoy the rest of your weekend and have a truly amazing week. And I'm going to get that song pulled up for you. Here you go. Take care, everybody. Have a great weekend. And if I could see what makes me blind, I would soar to the edge of my mind. And to touch what seems unreal, just to show you the way that I feel. And we are in time with time, one with of change inside And we are in tune with the tune Caught in a balance of sun and moon Oh, deep inside the light within Shining to show you it's here to begin When all I have Eternity, and we see it eye to eye.
Yeah. 